0: It is in May, good old cold day in May, May the 10th, 2020, and I am Steve.
1: And I am Wayne, and we are here to the cross the tracks podcast. What episode are we on? Now? I have no idea where we're at. We're probably
0: 30. I think five, we've five, done five, about 40 podcasts. 40? Man. 40. I looked at it, the statistics the other day. I think we've done like 40 podcasts.
1: 40 episodes since the idea was birthed on the cruise about what, uh, four or five years ago? Uh,
0: October 2016.
1: Four years ago. So 40 episodes from then. We're still here. And uh, today is Mother's Day. So we want to send a shout out to all the moms everywhere. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. We do have two special guests with us us tonight. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, what kind of information do you want to start with tonight before we get into the the special segment of the program tonight?
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about some sad news. Uh, We've lost three legends uh, of the community here the past week since our last podcast. Uh, The first gentleman is... um, everybody knows or know have heard of, and that's Little Richard. And Little Richard is really the king of rock and roll. Everybody wants to call, claim Elvis as being the king of rock and roll. But Little Richard was the one that hit it off. He's the one that started it. He's the one that turned the piano into a percussion <laughs> instrument, turned it into a drum set, uh, basically. And uh, he we lost him this week. Uh, With that in mind, uh, we also lost Andre Harrell, who was a rapper slash movie producer, not movie producer, producer, music producer, uh, slash he was uh, head of Motown. He started his own record label, I think it was Uptown Records. And was responsible for giving the world, uh, from my understanding, Sean Puffy P. Diddy Cone. we lost him. And then the last one we lost just today was uh, Betty Wright, whom was one of the standout R&B icons from the 70s, uh, best known for a couple of hits. Tonight's the night, I think it is. You'd probably know more about this, Wayne, than me. And uh clean-up lady, clean-up woman. And we lost her today. So as we move on, as we get a little bit older, we're starting to lose more and more of these icons that we grew up listening to or watching on uh, movies and film and so on. So I wanted to uh, say rest in, rest in peace for Little Richard, the king of rock and roll, the true king of rock and roll. Andre Harrell and Betty Wright, uh, Betty Wright. So uh, what are your thoughts on, on those three individuals?
1: Major icons of the music industry. Little Richard, uh, he himself called himself the innovator. He was the founder of rock and roll. And a lot of guys who came on the music scene um, in our era, uh, for example, one of the person that comes to mind is Prince. Uh, Prince was a, I say a, um, I wouldn't say a prodigy, but Prince took a lot of his showman, showmanship from Little Richard. Uh, Little Richard was the ultimate showman with the with the makeup, the the pompadour hairdo, uh, the way he played his piano. I mean, he is an innovator. I, I read a story uh, yesterday. Little Richard was one, was one of the original inductees to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. One of the originals. And out of that original class, there are only two members left living. And that's Jerry Lee Lewis. And I can't remember the other individual. There's only two people. living; they're in their 80s as well. Uh, But Little Richard was one of the original inductees into the Hall of Fame. And so he will be missed. uh, The innovator, the founder between he and Chuck Berry. I think you can say both those gentlemen uh, blazed the trail for rock and roll. Andre Harrell, um, again, started Uptown Records, gave P. Diddy his start. Uh, Puff Daddy was an intern at Uptown Records. And Andre Harrell was influential in bringing in New Jack Swing along with Teddy Riley. (laughs) And so, uh, you know, a lot of great acts came out of that era. Heavy D, uh, So For Real, Mary J. Blige, all those folks got their start uh, with Andre Harrell. So he'll be missed. And then Betty Wright. um, Gosh, what what can you say about Betty Wright? She was one of the top female vocalists of our era back in the 70s. Clean Up Woman, Tonight's the Night. And then Betty Wright was also the vocalist on, if you remember a song called She's Got Papers on Me by Richard Dimples Fields? Yes, sir. Betty Wright was the lady that said, you know, oh here you are singing in the bathroom. To your <laughs> you know, that was Betty Wright. And so Betty Wright leaves a legacy of a lot of great music, and she'll be missed. So rest in power to all three of those folks uh, that we lost this week from the community. Yes,
0: yes, yes. Oh, one other thing, Wayne, one other thing. Uh, May 8th, 1945 was the end of the war in Europe.
1: Yes. On
0: his VE day. And uh, my dad was over in Germany when that war came to an end um, in May of 1945. Wow. And the other thing that's kind of unique, my dad, when September the 2nd 1945 is when they signed the the end of the war in the Pacific on the USS Missouri, and that was my dad's birthday. He was still over in Europe at that time. Oh. World War II came to an end. It was on his birthday, September 2nd, 1945, that the uh, World War II officially came to an end.
1: Wow. And, you know, what's 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 interesting about that is the war V.E. Day 1945, the armed forces had not been segregated yet, integrated yet. Integrated, right. Three, three more years before that happened. So a lot of the a lot of the stories you hear about G.I.s coming back home, black G.I.s coming back home after serving in World War Two. They couldn't even, you know, go into establishments here back in the U.S. after they'd been in Europe. You know, fighting for their country over there. They were treated as second class citizens when they returned. So yes, I, I think that is ironic. Um, but, yes, B.E. Day, May the 8th,
0: 1945. So. All right. All right. Well, all right, man. Let's segue into the next thing here. I'll let you I'll let you do that part of it and we'll just move from there. All right.
1: So since it is Mother's Day, we thought we'd do something different tonight for the broadcast. And uh, as we do so often out of these 40 episodes we've had, we have had a few special guests on here or there. And so tonight is one of those opportunities to bring in a different perspective than just uh, Steve and I talking about the subjects of the day. So tonight we're blessed to have with us two young ladies who are moms. They happen to be our wives. Uh, My wife, Cynthia Nelson, is on the broadcast tonight, and your wife, Lynn, is on the broadcast tonight. So we want to thank them for coming in to share with us their views. We have a few questions lined up for them tonight to get their perspectives on as it pertains to Mother's Day. So we're glad that they're here. Uh, Ladies, would you like to say anything before we get started tonight?
2: Say happy Mother's Day to Cynthia and all the other mothers and, and soon to be mothers and all those aunts and neighbors that were our mothers, pseudo mothers.
3: I think Lynn said it very well and I did all that. <laughs>
1: oh, all right. So so we're going to go ahead and, uh, you know, jump right in because we know you ladies are probably nervous being heard uh, throughout cyberspace. <laughs> so we want to put you at ease. <laughs> we want to yeah, put you at ease and uh, just get your perspective on on uh, reflections on Mother's Day. So, so we've got a few questions we wanna want to ask each of you. So I'll start the questioning tonight. Now, this is not a courtroom or anything. (laughs) Feel free to share your perspective. So the first question we'd like to start, and we'll we'll, we'll start with Lynn first. So, uh, Lynn, so what do you think was the most important lesson you received from your mom?
2: Oh, I think just at that time when I was growing up, Uh, My mother died uh, when I was 18, so I never really got a chance to um, be, she never had a chance to be with me until adulthood, but just from being um, a young, young child up to a young adult at the time, always allowed me to be myself and to be very observant of other women, strong women. Uh, in the neighborhood, my teachers, um, and herself, my you know, uh, sisters, and, and just being a strong woman and just being able to be a loving mother also. It, it's funny because my mother, I don't ever remember her telling me, I love you, I love you, I love you, but there were things that she did or things that she would show me to let me know that I am loved and that, you know, the siblings were loved. So being strong and knowing that I was loved growing
1: up. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So we throw the question back to our other guest, uh, Cynthia. What do you think was the most important lesson you received from your mom?
3: Um, I would say my mom. Which I don't know if you remember my mom, Steve, a lot, but oh, I do. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Queen was fierce. Yeah. And She was fierce, and I think that's the biggest thing I got from her was have your own. She would always say have your own, and I used to remember as a young girl, I thought, you know, what is she talking about, have your own, mm-hmm. and basically as I got older, I realized she would always like, if you ever have to take care of yourself or get out there on your own, because my mother was a domestic before Um, she married my father and everything so she was out there and she had to take care of herself and so she would always say have your own and that was a lesson that um, I remember even today and I've even given to my own daughter have your own I remember when I got married she gave me a hundred dollars and she said (laughs) she said this is your hundred (laughs) dollars She, she was like you know how they when you're in college just like if you got to you get on that Greyhound bus and come home <laughs> she was like if you got to if you need to here's a hundred dollars for you and if you got to come home I could get on that Greyhound, Greyhound bus and come home so oh, yeah. that, that that has stuck with me even today Awesome. Very
1: good, very good insight.
0: and uh, That's, good. That's good. You know, Cynthia, you mentioned your mom worked worked as a domestic. Well, my mom did, too. Of course, in E-Town, growing up in those days, there weren't very many jobs that you can get hardly any place unless you did work as a domestic. I yeah. think most, most of Kentucky yeah. and most of America was that way. Uh, for black women, I think, yeah.
3: They, yeah.
0: And, and I remember she got a job at Fort Knox. And she lit up like it was Christmas, Thanksgiving, <laughs> all rolled in one. She yeah. says, I'm gonna be making a dollar twelve an hour. <laughs> wow. She <laughs> was just as happy as she could be. And and you know, and sometimes people didn't didn't really the people that she worked with didn't really pay her. You know, they would give her stuff like as a matter right. of fact, we've got a bedroom soup that's upstairs right now that was given to my mom as she worked for this lady in, in E Town.
3: I know exactly. We got a lot of our clothes growing up from uh, my mom. She worked for this admiral. And um she, my mom would bring home clothes and they still had the tags on there. Yes. It was like this is good. but my mom she my mom could take a dime and ma- stretch it for a week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, that lady was she was something else. She yeah. so I think I've gotten a lot of that um, fierceness and, uh, stick-to-itiveness, I guess you'd call it a determination, um, from my mom. I agree. My mom was, uh, a domestic as well. Yeah. And
2: we, there were five of us and I can re- even remember going with her on the bus and I can remember having to sit in the back of the bus. Mm. I do remember that. And I remember going with her and I was just telling the kids this story a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. She had a, I don't know, if, uh, a rug rake.
0: <laughs>
2: and how she would get, she, she worked for uh, several doctors at yeah. the time. And one of the things, it was before we would leave, and I remember having my doll with me. And she would hold my hand and literally we would back out of the house with the rug rake, with the shag rugs, where you couldn't even tell where we had walked. And they they were always impressed with that when they would come home and they would call my mom and say, I don't know how you do it (laughs) without us seeing any footprints of us, you know, of of her being there. Because they didn't know I was even with her at the time, but yeah. And she was able to put, you know, several of us through um, school. And I went to a private school in high school. Uh-huh. So, I mean, every penny, you know, she made a nothing, but made, a, you know, a lot out of nothing. She yes. did.
3: guess
0: what we have sitting in our house. A rug rake. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We still have have. a rug rake. That's so good, sweet. Stephanie, last week or the week before last, she bought herself a rug rake. Wow. (laughs) Wow. So some things have been passed down.
3: Wow, 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 that is wild. We didn't have a rug rake, but I remember my mom, because there was four of us, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, kids are messy. But she, would, she would not vacuum every day. But she'd have us down on our hands and knees, picking up all the little dirt off the floor, <laughs> of the rug, and you put it in your hand, and then you back over. She'd have us all in different spots, and you'd be picking up all the little pieces and lint. Exactly. Why well, doesn't she just use the vacuum cleaner? <laughs> she had us doing the vacuum. <laughs>
0: There okay. you go. That's yeah. what that's what parents do. They're good, they're good at getting us to do those things. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. We're gonna we're gonna transition to the next question here. I'll ask this question and, and I'll start with you, Cynthia, if you don't mind, since we've got this going. Uh, what influences from your mom shaped how you are a parent? How do you pair how you parented Danny?
3: Um I would say my mom, like I said, my mom was really fierce and, um, she was very, very strong. So a lot of the times when I, with four, well, okay. With four kids, my mom, she had two girls and two boys. So she believed the boys were raised one way and the girls were raised another way. And that used to just about drive me crazy. Um, She, you know, she wanted me to be independent, but she also wanted me to get married and have children, take care of the house and, you know, have your own, but, you know, do the traditional things. And so that was a big contention with me and my mom all the time, um, me not wanting to follow that role that she thought women should follow. So... When Danny came along, I just did the total opposite, (laughs) Um, allowed Danny to do what she wanted to do within boundaries. Wayne and I, we had boundaries, but um, like we didn't have a coffee table because, you know, kids would jump up on it and jump off. So I said, why have a coffee table so I can just tell Danny no? It was more or less just don't have a coffee table. And that's one
0: less.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, being in the military, sometimes your surroundings aren't exactly, you know, what you want. So for us, the house was Danny's playroom. Mm -hmm. And we we really didn't care if she jumped off the couch or uh, as long as she was not going to kill herself. We're like, she's exploring. She's being who she is. So I remember the first time we came home Danny was about 18 months old and we were back from Japan for about a month and Danny was rolling around or jumping or doing something and my mom's like don't you train that child <laughs> 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 uh, She's exploring and within boundaries to me it was just fine so in that sense I went different than what my mom did for me it was like if if you want to be a mother and have children, and 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 that's what you want to be as a homemaker, that's fine. But if you don't, that's fine too. And I, we just didn't put her into any like, um, uh, I would say, um, uh, uh, what, what would you call it, uh, a role. She she wasn't put into a role. Danny, Danny formed who she is. Because Danny is who she is. I mean, I can see even from birth, she is she is who she is.
1: So, so I, if if we if you don't mind, I want to echo something because Cynthia mentioned her mom. Her mom was old school, old school. <laughs> and I we've been married a few years, right? And we were home. It was one of the holidays—Thanksgiving or Christmas, or whatever. So it was dinner time, and 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 so Cynthia's mom said, "I'm sitting in the living room there." And her mom says, "Cynthia, go fix your husband a place. <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh no, this is not going to go over well." <laughs> His reply was, uh, "He, he
2: can go in there." I mean,
1: that's that's how you know they. they, they you know, it, it it just didn't it it didn't work.
3: And bad. that's what we fought about all the time. Yeah. My mother would say, one, And I go, "Is she kidding me?" So that was a, I mean, I have, now I look back on it and appreciate my mom a lot more than I did growing up with her. Mm-hmm. But it, it was kind of like I even tell Wayne now, why couldn't she let me be who I was instead of saying, "You're a female and you should do A B C D because this is what females do." Okay. Yeah, yep. yeah.
0: Okay, we're we're gonna take that and and go with Miss Lynn and talk about Miss Jean Rose mm-hmm. here. What <laughs> were the influences that she had that helped you with your
2: well? Kids I think up? well mainly because my mother did work um the other the older kids had to take care of the younger ones okay so that meant the boys the girls you know i have a my sister an older sister then there's two boys then there was me and then my younger sister and um and we all, to this day, my younger sister still claims herself as the baby. Here she is in her 50s. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's another conversation right there. <laughs> but um, she would always check in and call to make sure, you know, you had everybody had a job to do before she got home. Because her thinking is, if I got to go out and clean these houses, I am not coming home. And have to clean up too. Everybody has their role, so it was being more independent, being more taking care of one another. And um, but I always just remember having uh, conversations as I got to middle school and high school with my mom, and asking me questions on what did you notice? Did you observe? You know, when we were out, or if her her. Or not her family, but her girlfriends were over, and you know I was always the one that would sit really quiet. Yeah, I can hear the conversations, so they wouldn't even know I was really in the room. But they kind of knew I was, but I wasn't bothering anybody. She's in grown folks' business. <laughs> yeah, I was in grown folks. If I in, if I said anything, <laughs> that was the key. You had to sit quiet enough to to not be in grown folks' business, but. You know, if I would ask her something about, well, you know, what does this A mean by that? And she would, you know, say, well, you know, um, I can't think of something right offhand, but um, she, she was appreciative of me of saying, you know, and she would say as I got into high school and tell my siblings, you need to be like Lynn, you need to be observing on what people are saying, not necessarily what they are doing. Yeah. So, um, and that was that's the thing that I've taken and try to tell the kids. And I would question them, well, what was going on at the time when this happened? What did you notice? And I would say, be observant. Always be observant, because a lot of times what people are doing is um, speaks louder than what they are saying.
1: Right.
2: So I, I think that's what I you know took away, and I just wish she was you know. She was still around after I came into adulthood. But I guess those lessons helped me even in high school to take into adulthood. But mm. I, she was around long enough to, for us to talk. Cause some some things I would love to talk to her about even today. Mm. So because, you know, she always said, you know, no matter how times change, people always stay the same.
0: Uh, very
3: true. <laughs> mm hmm.
0: I guess if your here, next door neighbor dog is out there again?
1: he's a yapper man like, <laughs> he that dog out and he'll bark at anything, you
0: know <laughs>
1: anyway, you'll have to find a way to edit that out when, when that's when we all right. i
0: think I think our uh, our audience have heard that dog about four yep. or five times oh. during our during <laughs> our broadcast,
1: yep okay um, next question and we'll uh, we'll go back let Lynn start the discussion on this one so how has motherhood changed your life?
2: Oh wow well where do I start well <laughs> first of all my I was a uh, going into education you know being a teacher and I think, Having children helped me to become a better teacher. And when you're in the moment of motherhood, I don't know if this is for you, Cynthia. I mean, you're you're just in the moment. You're not really thinking about you just do things automatically. Um, You know, you just become nurturing. Um, You become, um, you know, a guider. Uh, And I always tell the kids, I said, you know, parents are stewards we we can guide you as far as we can but you know you're going to have to take over eventually and become an adult hopefully the things that we've taught them will carry over to help them survive in the world but Mm -hmm. i um i i it it was it was um you know we got to do this because there's nobody else around we didn't have anybody else you know Mm -hmm. Steve's uh, Miss Ruby had passed. I didn't have any, you know, uh, parents around. So it was just the two of us. And it was basically, you know, it was learning on the
0: job. <laughs> yeah. And we were living in a city we've only been living in for four or five years. Yeah. Actually, three years when Alex was born.
2: Yeah, that's um. true.
0: You know, So we didn't know anybody in Indianapolis when we first moved here, not a soul. I mean, we had been married for a month, and then we wow. ended up jumping in the car, came up here, and found a place to live, and moved up here in uh, wow. October, huh? not knowing a soul in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. We knew how to get to my school and get yes. back to the apartment, <laughs> and that was it.
2: Wow. But, being, but parents, I mean, it, it, was, it was very new. I, I look back at pictures, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, those kids survived. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they really survived. We didn't do too bad. We didn't kill them, and we didn't poison them, so I guess we're okay.
0: we thought about it a few times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true.
2: Now, that's true.
0: How about you, Cynthia? What are, what are some things that has, has motherhood changed your life?
3: Um, I guess the biggest thing was, um, not being so judgmental. You? you? Not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, before Danny was born, I was really, boy, I could. I mean, you know, I could be like Queen. I mean, I even tell him I start sounding like my mama, just say Queen. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, I could be fierce. And then after Danny was born, it was like, what are you so uptight about? I mean, why does everything have to be so structured? Like, I mean, Wayne can <laughs> he can vouch for this? I mean. I have a way that my towels are folded and my cabinets are situated and and when Danny came along it was like it didn't you know it was like calm down it doesn't it doesn't matter cuz I mean her life was like this is what it's really all about so right. um okay. Um, uh, nurturing another person, seeing another person grow in who they are. And I always took wonder in that when Danny was around. And so the, the biggest thing was she just, she helped me calm down and, and it was all good. I think that's why, you know, we kind of parented, like if she's not killing herself, she's Okay. We always had boundaries for her, and we always talked about those boundaries. And if she was within those boundaries, it was good. Like, we didn't even have a curfew for her going through high school until um, Monday she was at, what, three or something? And we were up, and we were like, what the hell? What is that We're like, okay, I guess now we need a curfew. (laughs) (laughs) She's got a little cuckoo. <laughs> she just started driving. So oh, yes. she, made, she just helped me calm down and said life is, I mean, life is serious, but it's not that serious. And I, you know, I can only thank her for that because I don't think I would have known that about myself um, if I didn't have a child. Mm-hmm. I would probably still be, Little bit on the cuckoo side. I mean, I'm still on the cuckoo side, but <laughs> I would have been more on the.
1: Yeah, I still be getting wrath for folding
2: towels.
3: You fold towels right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh gosh, that's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah.
1: Wow. Good. Good introspection. Very good. So, um. We've got a couple more questions and we, we know y'all are like, when is this going to end? <laughs> I'm
2: good.
1: we got a couple more questions. Okay. And so we'll we'll start this with Cynthia. Okay. What have been some of the biggest challenges you've had as a mother?
3: Um, I would say Danny is... She is both of us, but because I am more, um, very structured and, um, very analytical and Danny tends to be more like Wayne. And and I got this early on because one time she told me, I was saying something. I said, Oh, Danny, don't you like this? And she's go. she said to me, and she must've been eight or nine. And she said, "Mom, that's you. That's not me." And I thought, "Oh my God! <laughs> she's right. She is who she is, and I am who I am. And I've always had to pull back because I am very analytical, and Danny is more. Um, she's very lighthearted, um, free-forming, and I'm more." Um, like if she, like if something happened at school and I asked her a question about, you know, and I was like, okay, now why was this? And then why was that? And then she'd look at me like, I don't know all those answers and who really cares? And I, and it would just drive me crazy because I am analytical and I've got to know the answers and I have to try to figure it out. And, and I thought, why can't I be more like Danny and just like go with the flow? So I've always had to hold back. And not um, just be so intimidating, and let her be who she was. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I guess you know. It's yeah,
0: absolutely. Yes. Yes, ma'am. It sure does. Sure does.
3: Yep.
0: Yeah. And and of course Wayne witnessed that too. <laughs> <Wayne> witnessed <laughs> the I transformation. Every episode.
1: i here for every episode. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you know, Cynthia's right. I mean, Danny is a Danny is more like me in that I mean I'm more of a like let's just go with the flow man <laughs> I mean we'll go on vacation and to be like okay we gotta have a plan we gotta do this and I'm like why can't we just get there and figure it out you know, <laughs> you know? and that's how Danny and I we we see each other because Danny's like yeah dad we can figure it out once we get there you know whatever you know but not mom mom's gotta it's gotta be, gotta be point by point
3: by point hey my thing is <laughs> if you have a big plan. You can always
0: pull back. That's 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 how I see it. But I mean, I'm planning. Is that what you're saying? You overplan it. Did what? You overplan? Is that what you're saying? Oh, oh. Overplan to the nth degree. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay.
3: Yeah. Big time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's, cool. we, that's why we had so many bags on
3: that cruise. <laughs> 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 well,
0: you did have a few. Oh, we're impressive! I tell you, you guys were impressive. <laughs> we had one each. <laughs> oh my God! I wish I could do that. Oh
2: God! Now that's the Steve Johnson side of it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I learned. I have learned, and and that's funny because Stephanie and I are a lot of alike. Is we're you know free spirit. We you know very creative side of both of us. Yeah. Um, and Alex, he's, you know, methodical about things and that's, that comes from Steve. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I, I, tell me the question again, cause I was, I was going with something else.
1: Oh, so the question was, what have been some of the biggest challenges you've had to deal with as a mom?
2: Okay. Um. I think, um, well, both of our kids went to school, elementary school, where I taught. So trying to make the teachers understand that they're two different kids. They're like any other kid that's, you know, in your classroom. They're not perfect. Um, allow them to be themselves and yeah. not Mrs. Johnson's children or yeah. Mr. Johnson's mm-hmm. children. So I think that was, you know, a, a big challenge um, for for me to make that clear on a week before school started with whoever yeah. the teacher may have been. So I made that clear, I said, I'm on my job and I want you to do your job <laughs> and don't you don't have to tell me every little thing that you may have had to correct them about. And my kids weren't, you know, they weren't bad kids. Right. So just let them let them enjoy their time at school. Let them be a kid. Right. And it's fine to, you know, if it's something major, you can give us a call, but call me at home. Don't come to my classroom. (laughs) All right. You can call Steve and, you know, that's, that was the, probably the biggest challenge
3: Uh-oh. for
2: me as mom. Yeah,
3: I didn't mm. think about that, yeah.
2: And I think, too, when when they were, uh, because we would ride to school together, you know, they'll jump in the car. They, you know, we all made our lunches, jumped in the car. You know, it was three minutes away. They got out. They, you know, went to their prospective classrooms or they went to uh, uh, the before school care through the Y program. And, but I think what really hit me, because these were my, you know, my little buddies riding to school and we would come home together when they went to middle school. And when Stephanie, she was the last one to, you know, once she got out of fifth grade and she went to sixth grade and I just went to the classroom and I called Steve up on the phone at work, and I was boohooing. I was just boohooing. He said, what's wrong? I said, I don't have anybody to ride to school with. They they're, 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 they're gone. They're gone. He said, you know, see, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I said, oh, I know, I know. I just had to get that out. So, but
3: yeah, yeah. They,
0: they had three years of not being in a school with their mom or dad and that was middle school. <laughs> yeah.
3: That's right cuz you were high school. Oh my right.
0: god. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I I concur with that. Mm-hmm. letting them I think the biggest thing at 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 her school is that you know some of those teachers because we, you know we live in a at that point in time we live in a predominantly white school district. Yeah. And for a lot of teachers like that, they see black kids that were bused in oh. a lot of time. They, they don't see a dad, oh. you know, so Lynn would make it a point that if something comes up, if it's that serious, don't come to me. They have a father. Call him. Uh-huh. So, you know, and sometimes Lynn will say, well, just come over. And, you know, me in elementary school, we just don't get along. <laughs> no, 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 no. There was no way in hell when I got into education that I was going to teach elementary school. <laughs> so Lynn would say, well, come over to the school. Even you have to be here for five minutes, let them, let them see that they have a father. <laughs> you know, we got to let these folks see that these kids have parents, and there's a there's a mom and a dad there, so uh that was something that we had, I, I kind of had to get used to the, the elementary school type of it, but it's still, to this day, it's like, I'm going over there for a minute, and I'm getting the hell out of there as fast as I can, I can't have these snotty kids hanging all over me, and passing germs around, no, 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 no. All right. Uh, that was good, 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 good. We'll transition to the next question here that uh, my brother and I have kind of tweaked around for the week. And that is, uh, Cynthia, I'll come to you with that. No, no I'll stop. go with Lynn over here. Um, what are some things that you would like to share with us or the audience that are some worries or concerns about our kids today? as adults
2: oh with everything that's well i since we have a black male i've always worried about my son more so than uh um, our daughter
3: mm.
2: and um i just it it brings i i can't even you know um talk about this without even getting kind of emotional, but with every, every time I, you know, I think about when Alex was younger and they would see him, you know, oh, he's so cute. He's so smart. He, you know, he's this, but soon as he hit middle school, you start seeing, you know, how they would look at him differently when we would go out or when he was, uh, with his friends. Um, and then, you know, even into high school and even as an adult and, yeah. uh, you know, having, you know, Steve having to have the talk with them and, you know, and letting me tell him, you know, let us know where you are. Um, you know, who are you going to be with? What time are you going to be home? The Oh, it, and I, I mean, it was a constant worry. You know, mm-hmm. what's going to happen if, you know, someone pulls you over, what you do, what you say. Um, things that, you know, most, you know, white parents don't have to worry about.
3: Not for a big part, no. Mm-hmm. No.
2: And then, you know, and then with, even with, you know, my daughter, with Stephanie, you know, just tell her, be conscious of your surroundings, yeah. know where you are at all times. She, you know, and she knows I'm going to say that even before, you know, mainly when we talk on the phone. Um, if she's out and about, and I said, well, what do you need to do? Oh, I am I know, Mom. I'm, I, I know where I'm parked, I know where I am. I have my phone on. But it's a constant. I mean, it, you never stop worrying about them. Yeah. You never stop. So I think how society looks at our children as just not as you know. Just allow them to be young adults, but I worry about them being black young adults. And yeah. and they and you know this. Our children are bright, they're smart, but yeah. they've even know even to this day. You have they have to be smarter, brighter, <laughs> um, even more charming than yeah. their, their counterparts. Yeah. So I think that's my, you know, I always worry about. I'll, I guess that's just part of being a mom and a parent. I'll never stop. Yeah, that.
0: no, I think
3: that is part. of Yeah,
0: just. How, how about you, Cynthia? What What are your concerns with, with, with Danny in today's world or whatnot?
3: Um, you know, now that, um, I guess my biggest and and it's probably just because we have a daughter, you worry about. Um, somebody physically taking advantage of her. I mean, that's, she's living on her own and we love that, that she's out there doing her own thing, but you always have that little something like, I don't want anything, you know, anyone to take advantage of my child physically take advantage of my child. Mm -hmm. And so, so that is always, you know, forefront in my mind And I pray about that all the time. So I, you know, put that in God's hand. But I think one of the biggest things now is with our um, male pop, our black male population. Mm -hmm. Um, She's, you know, she has a lot of um, different uh, friends, but I've noticed with her black friends, a lot of the females do not have significant others. Right, and they are looking, but the pickings are thin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even talked to you know my brother and people across the country from the east coast to the west coast, because initially I thought well maybe it's because we're in Colorado and it's like nope, it's not because you're in Colorado.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: The pickings are thin for our. Uh, Black females. Yes. As they go up the ladder. Yes. And so, Danny had said something to me one time and she said, you know, what if I make it and I don't have anybody to share this with? Mm -hmm. And I thought, I don't know what to say about that one, baby girl. I said, you know what, you don't settle. You still have your standards and don't worry about it. I mean, you just prey on it and you just have to go on. But one thing you can't do, and that is settle just to have someone in your life. Right. So I've noticed that even with her other friends, um, it's, it's just hard. And, and, and like I said, I have I have friends on both coasts and they are having the same conversations with their um, young black daughters.
0: So yeah. what do we
2: do about that? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm at the point I'm ready to okay, do I need to see if I can find someone to fix my children up with? I know. I know. I I told them both that. Do I need to get involved? Because I can figure out something here.
3: So. Daddy always, she's like, Mom, mm-hmm. uh, I got this. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm just saying. Yes.
0: I think we're I think we're in the same boat on um, um, both families here as, as far as that goes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's hard for us to have to think in those terms. Yes. But you know if you look as as people progress yeah you know and some people stay stagnated then it's tougher and tougher for our kids and probably other parents that are very similar to us yeah to to find that 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 person that they can connect with and so on so right you have to you know pray that they're they're able to do that
3: right, right.
0: Yeah, like like you said, you know, don't, don't rush don't into settle. anything. Don't settle, right? Because you can, but you know, uh, sometimes it just takes time.
3: It, it it just takes time, and I think it's harder. Like I was talking to one of my sorrows probably two weeks ago, and her son is 34, 33. No, her son's thirty three, and she's like. Uh, do you see anybody are you looking for anybody and I said and I told her I said you know Sora, it's you know guys sometimes can wait till they're 40 a lot of times not that you want them to but they can have kids at 40 right but a female trying to have a kid at 40 is a whole different ball game yes so she's like, well, yeah, I see what you mean. She says, but I don't want to be so old <laughs> kids. I said, well, I don't have this inkling. Oh, I have to be a grandma. I have to be a grandma. I just want yes. her to find another, a partner. Yes. So it's like all these dynamics that we as black um, parents have to deal with, with our um, black kids. It's like, do do white people go through the, these kind of conversations i mean I I, it, it's just hard it's it just it is
2: hard. it is and i always tell the kids you know you know pray over things and especially pray for discernment yeah i mean that's my biggest thing i said you know pray for discernment being able to see past what is in front of you Right. Um, but yeah, I know. <laughs>
3: same, same conversation. It, yeah. yeah, so I don't know what we're gonna do is black parents would just pray and and I even told Dana, I said, Girl, you might have to go to the other side and she's like, Ma give me a black man. I said, Oh, okay, whatever, girl.
0: <laughs>
2: well, we've we've had the 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 um uh, the rainbow of dating in our in our family. So uh-huh. and and it still hasn't worked out. <laughs> so we're just waiting, <laughs> just waiting. <laughs> so I, I I can't I I can't even give you a solution on that one. No, well. well.
1: Okay. So we are at our last question. Okay. We are at the last <laughs> question. And uh, we really have appreciated the insight you ladies have been providing tonight. Good conversation, good introspection uh, on your thoughts. We really appreciate that. So our last question for tonight, we'll start with Cynthia. As a mom, what is the most important thing that you have passed on to your
3: child? Wow. Um, knowing Danny, um, she has found um, she's she looks for her rhythm. She looks for what she likes and what she's good at and what she wants to do and who she wants to be with. And to me, that is everything that. And Wayne and I have even said this. I mean, to a certain point, everyone cares about what people think about them, right? Mm -hmm. To some extent. But I think watching her grow up, she really um, marches kind of to her own drum. And we look at her sometimes and think, what is she thinking? Or where is, where is she going but she she knows herself. Now, are we always learning about ourselves? That is true. But I think she she is more aware of herself at her age right now than I was at her age right now. And so in that sense, cuz even sometimes we look at each other like when she's talking to us on the phone and we're like, is that our kid? I mean, is that our kid? <laughs> I mean, so, oh, yeah. in that sense, um, that I mean that i can't I can't say anymore. She is coming to her own, and she's coming into her own, and she is she is following Danny's beat, and I'm so proud of that. so yes,
2: I can say probably the same thing, and just being able to be themselves, yeah um, and knowing. And try to instill them the sense of um, a spiritual sense of prayer,
3: yeah,
2: um, and knowing that no matter what happens, we're going to be here for them, right. But at the same time, they know their independence, yeah, and 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 just know that you know they're they're loved. Yeah, that that's I think that's been the biggest thing, you know, for me for both both Stephanie and
3: Alex. Yeah, but yeah, because I I mean, going off what you just said there, Lynn, it's like I didn't have the relationship with my mom like Danny has with me. Exactly. Um, it's just totally different. I'm I think because my mom. Um, she was old school. She came up in the depression and things were a lot of times black and white. Yes. And I mean, she, she raised how she was raised in in a lot of sense. And, but, um, so we, we chose to raise Danny just a little bit different, still with values, but with a different type of relationship. Danny talks to us a hell of a lot more than I ever talked to my mom oh yes and and in, on a just a whole range of things right um so in that sense, um you know that's that's how our relationship is so different and and it's so wonderful i mean i don't I don't need to be her buddy, and she knows I don't need to be her buddy, yes, but she knows push come to shove. She goes to Wayne first and then she comes to me.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> no, correct. That. It all depends what she wants.
2: <laughs> <Exactly>.
1: what, what, <laughs> it all depends what she wants
0: as to who she goes to first. <laughs> It's amazing how they do that. Yeah.
1: Oh wow. This has been awesome. This has been awesome to uh to hear the thoughts of, uh, of both you guys, uh, very very impressive, and uh, I had the privilege of meeting. I don't know if I've met Stephanie, but I, I've met Alex. I don't. I'm trying to think if I remember Stephanie meeting Stephanie, but I do yeah, remember. Yeah, you
0: did, but she is only about three and, years old. Oh, yeah. She still pushing that, her in the oh. stroller. <laughs>
1: But, uh, you know, knowing the young people that they have become now, um, Lynn, you've done an amazing job, um, you know, being a mom and, and raising them and stealing value. So they've both grown up into outstanding uh, young men and young women, and I'm sure they're going to do some great things in this world. And, uh, you know, they're the next generation. They're the future, and they're, they're doing great things now, and I'm sure more great things are to come. So hats yeah. off to you for being a great mom.
0: It's, it's amazing that, you know, we're talking about you haven't met them, but the, the last time that all three of our kids were together was when we were visiting you back in
3: 93. Yeah. That's right. That That's right. right.
0: Yeah. We came up to visit you guys in um, Colorado Springs, and I think we spent, Uh, maybe an afternoon or evening with you guys, and the kids were out playing and stuff like that, and Stephanie was, she was a little over a year, so she was just barely getting around, Wow. and uh, Alex was probably five years old, I think Danny's a year older than Alex, or Yeah, Danny's
3: uh, 32 now
0: Yeah, and so she's a year older than Alex, and so they, they played together, we hung out at your uh, old house up in Colorado Springs, and
1: oh, that's crazy. I, think we, we, I remember we took that. some
0: uh barbecue or something out there, and we just kind of hung out for a little bit. I was visiting my uncle that lives in Colorado Springs and my cousins that were there, and uh, we just hung out. It was a good time, and, uh, that's
3: crazy. They, of course,
0: they won't remember that now because no. it's, it's where does the time, time go?
3: I mean, where does the time go? Oh my god.
0: Wow, yep, yep, so once again, you know it it's been good this has been and it's amazing that after after the initial start of this. Uh, Wayne, uh, Cynthia, and Lynn, you guys just carried on a conversation, and we didn't even have to ask the last question. You guys just did it. Yeah, <laughs> no. that's, that's how that's how it flows on across the tracks podcast. You real
3: funny. We <laughs> just
0: we just we just come up with some ideas, and then it just flows, and then the right. conversation follows the other, and, and it kind of runs smooth that way, and and that's how it works. So hey. You two can uh, have your own podcast there, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cooking and watching HGTV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's
2: a slide to me. I do love my HGTV.
0: <laughs> but this has been good, you know. I, I once again, you know, as, as parents and, and Wayne and Cynthia, I've known you forever. I remember Cynthia when you guys moved to moved to E-town. I know I
3: did not want to move to E-town. <laughs> I had no desire to move to E-town. It was
0: like,
3: uh
0: yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so that was that, that was almost kind of a
3: fluke. <laughs> yeah,
0: but you know, as we try to get across in this in our little conversations that we have weekly or biweekly, there's nothing that's going on that it hasn't has not been influenced by. Our parents or our community, you know, growing up in uh, Elizabethtown or Etown, Kentucky, and Hardin County, and I, I think for the most part, you know, we share with our our kids the same values that we got growing up in Etown. Right. And Lynn's from Louisville, by the way. Yeah, the so same we're, thing. We're we're gonna, we're gonna throw the veal in there as well. <laughs> you yeah. uh, know, so there's not much difference. Parents, yeah. are parents, and you know, uh, if, if I wished our kids, you know, had grandparents that they could could know, but yeah. you know, our yeah. grand our parents were were gone by the time that uh, our kids were were born, so they never had their experience. So they just had us to to um, be around and uh, that's uh, Stacy that's, that's here. But for the most part, we have to tell them, you know, some point in time we're going to be gone. You have to be relying upon yourself, you know? So trying to get them to communicate has been our, to me, our biggest challenge is that, you know, they're three years apart and they're almost kind of opposites, you know, At one point in time, we said, did we raise the same two kids in the same household? (laughs) They had the same parents. We taught them the same thing. They are individuals. Individuals. They are individuals. They are. That's for sure. But then, you know, we've had trials and tribulations dealing with them. And, you know, and and we did have, you know, we did have curfews for them and so on because, Mm -hmm. you know, I was gone. I appreciate Lynn on Mother's Day simply because. The years that I coached football, she was the man and the woman because I was, I was gone. I mean, from, from summer until after Thanksgiving, seven days a week, I was doing football, uh, you know, and maybe two games a week or, you know, and then in the springtime I was doing track and field. So she did a lot of the raisins of the kid raising our kids, but, um, uh, You know, I was there for moral support. And at times, heck, you know, we had to do what we had to do. When the kids got sick, she would stay home. I would stay home. You know, so we had to take turns, especially both of us being teachers. So Lynn didn't have to stay home all the time. I had to do my, my part as well. Right, right. Yeah, we we had
1: a di- little different situation, you know, growing up, you know, being in the military and whatnot. So for Danny's first what five, six years of her life, um, Cynthia stayed at home. It was it was it was great because you know I was you know military working shift work and whatnot, but for the first five or six years of Danny's life, Cynthia was home with Danny. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, Danny got that that constant nurturing. Um, so I'm grateful that Danny has a mom that she can look at, uh, and it, as an example of this, your mom is as strong, as an example of a strong black woman that can hold her own. And that's what I'm glad Danny has every day to look at and, and, and guide her. And so, um, this has been awesome. Um, one more thing I want to throw in before we go, when we're talking about moms, there were there were two ladies, and this is this goes back to the day in E-town there at the at the old church down on Popular Street.
0: <laughs> there,
1: there were two ladies at the church that you knew, man. You didn't cross. <laughs> was Cynthia's mom and your mom, Miss Ruby, you did not cross either one of those because they would get on you for cutting up at the church. Yeah, now, I, remember, I remember your mom used to sit in the back pew, man. <laughs> yeah. The old church used to set the back pew and she didn't care man if you were cutting up her dress she'd get on you <laughs> and the same way there was a way you conducted yourself at the church and if either one of them saw you they would get on you and so uh that's that's what we remember as kids and you know the fact that you know adults still could speak into your life it didn't have to be your mom Exactly. There were other ladies in the church who could speak into your life. And, yeah, Steve, your mom was one of those. And Cynthia's mom was one of those. And, you know, you didn't have to worry about nobody saying something about, what are you talking to my child about, whatnot. Oh, you know, yes. It was another Well, well even,
2: even now, uh, Alex and Stephanie, I don't know which, brought up, you know, how we would be out just out shopping or at the grocery store, and I would correct people's kids, <laughs> because the teacher came out of me, plus the mother came out of me. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I, I wouldn't do that now, but oh, it, it just... I'd it have like to a tell st- her sometime, <laughs> like, don't be messing with these people's kids. <laughs>
0: I know. I mean, we'll be, it could be in a grocery store. It could be at a school play. It could be out on the street, walking down the street, and she'd be correcting kids. I'm like, leave leave them alone. Yeah.
2: I mean, mother's trying to tell the kids, they wouldn't do it. you heard your mother. Get over there. Yeah.
1: but that, that that's how we were raised. We were raised. It wasn't it wasn't just our mom. It was other women in the community. They had kids. We knew their kids right. and if said something to you. You better like, OK, yes, ma'am. Because she would get up, pick up the phone and call your mom and let you know that, hey, I corrected. I corrected Wayne out there. He was doing that. Da, 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 da. So it was all good. And so uh, that is, you know, some of the things that we remember, uh, the community shaping us. And we try to work that into the podcast every now and then uh, to let people know we, we have not forgot where we've come from.
0: So. Absolutely not. Yes. Absolutely not. Well, i tell you what, this has been good. We are, we like to uh, thank the two happy mothers that are with us tonight, Cynthia and, and Lynn. And we always like to bring back Etown in some way or another, as Wayne just mentioned. And we're just two s- small-town guys from Elizabethtown, Kentucky. And we just want to share our views and our thoughts with um, the the nation out there, the world out there, that will tune in to us on the Across, Tracks, Across the Tracks podcast.
1: Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Again, well, thanks happy for having us. Yes, we are. We are great that you guys found the time in your busy schedule to come hang out with us tonight. We appreciate it. And again, happy Mother's Day to both of you, to all the moms out there. And as we do at the end of every podcast, we want to uh, extend special thank you to all the first responders, doctors, nurses, everyone who's on the front lines dealing with COVID-19. So we want to thank them for their efforts out there. And so check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes. Cross the Tracks podcast, we're here,
0: all right. All right. We'll talk at you the next time, next go round. I'm Steve, and I'm me, and I'm Lynn, and I'm Cynthia, <laughs> we're out. Bye. <laughs> I'm <am O-dopo. laughs>
1: <laughs> sayonara. <laughs>